You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Welcome back to the podcast. Last week, we talked about protein intake and why that is so, so important and how that can help you stay more satiated in between your meals and allow you to refrain from snacking or constantly be hungry. But to kind of play off of that, what if, okay, I'm getting in the recommended amount of protein that I'm supposed to have, but I'm still crazy hungry after I eat or I can't last more than two hours without snacking. I'm always thinking about food, but at the same time, I'm having issues losing weight. That's where two hormones, insulin and leptin come into play. And we're going to talk about that today. And of course, with uh, insatiable cravings, there are, of course, are things um, like candida and parasites that can absolutely be playing into that as well. So I've had, I have had episodes on both of those. So there's a lot of things that you can kind of put into a differential diagnosis, assuming, okay, I'm eating very well-balanced meals. I'm not having seed oils or vegetable oils that can, we know can contribute to extra cravings and satiety. I'm eating my protein and fiber first before carbohydrates at the meal to help with the blood sugar balance. But at the same time, I'm still having some weight loss resistance and I'm still having cravings. Yesterday, I made a post on my Instagram. So as I'm recording this a few weeks later, um, a few weeks ago, so the end of March, I had a post on my Instagram that I talked about uh, constant snacking being very disadvantageous to, to gut health. And ideally you want to be able to go three to five hours in between meals, have plenty of energy, not be constantly thinking about food. And a huge player to this um, is obviously blood sugar balance, but also leptin. So leptin is a hormone that is not commonly talked about as much as insulin. Insulin is a hormone that is essentially a storage hormone. So our body releases insulin to properly dispose of, of glucose. Um, and it's kind of, it's used as kind of a form of, of storage, storing fuel, storing carbohydrates. So when insulin is high, the body cannot burn fat efficiently. So I actually had this in a consult yesterday where, um, we've been working together for a while. She was measuring her blood sugar levels and they were okay. Um, but she has really bad carb cravings and she just, no matter what workout wise does is really just having a hard time seeing results. And when she got her, we got her, her thyroid hormones were tested and her insulin was tested and her insulin, her doctor said was fine. But under my scope of what I would consider fine, it was a huge red flag for me because I don't like to see it over seven. Um, usually kind of between five and seven is kind of like that Goldilocks amount. It's good to see hers was at 13. And I think the insulin scale goes up to 23 or 24 on conventional labs. And in my opinion, that is just way too high. So essentially I told her like, although your blood sugar is fine when you are measuring it, your insulin is just constantly elevated and she's been craving a lot of carbs and having a lot, like just having kind of like a sweet tooth craving, but also no matter what she does with her diet or exercise, nothing is changing on the scale. And with that, I think, you know, her protein probably wasn't where it needed to be um, because she was craving carbs and having them. That's obviously not helping the insulin situation when it's not done in a way um, that's conducive to her, but it was just super, super interesting to kind of 
really take a look at, okay, you know, there's so many different pieces to the puzzle. So insulin's a storage hormone. When it's high, it's signaling to the body that it's a storage hormone, store fat. Whereas when insulin goes low, that's where we can burn fat appropriately. But today we're going to be more so talking about leptin, which leptin is um, a, a hormone. So hormones are all signal signaling messengers. So insulin is signaling to the body store. Leptin is signaling to the body um, if you're satisfied or not. Satiety. It's a satiety hormone. We can think of it that way. So when you are not having proper leptin signaling, your body is never feeling satiated. You can get done with a meal and you're like, I'm still starving. I'm hungry. I, I'm craving this. I'm craving this. It's I, And I see this a lot where people are like, I just don't understand. But no matter what I do, I'm starving. Uh, I'm starving after a meal. I'm starving right after I eat something. And it's definitely related to leptin. So leptin is that signaling hormone. And leptin is really, really, really heavily reliant on circadian rhythm. So if you want to fix your leptin resistance, so you want to have better communication that your body's full, you have to fall into the circadian health and you have to have good mitochondrial health because mitochondrial health is the powerhouse of your cell. That is what is responsible for your body being able to burn energy, aka burn calories and especially because a lot of people that I see with leptin resistance are people who have sluggish thyroid. They have hormonal imbalances. They um, have weight loss resistance. They have crazy insatiable cravings. This is all starting at you have a mitochondrial dysfunction. So your, your energy systems of your body aren't working as effectively as they should be. And two, you have a circadian rhythm disruption. These are also the people that I see that they're eating really late at night. They have maybe dysregulated sleep patterns or they, you know, are up at night and, but they have a hard time waking up in the morning and that's not to stereotype, stereotype type every single case, but these are very, very common characteristics that I see kind of among those. So when it comes to leptin resistance, we have to first balance your circadian rhythm. So I've talked a lot about that. You can check out the podcast that I've done on circadian rhythm, but having a very consistent sleep and wake cycle is really routine for your body because our energy systems really rely on routine and rhythm. And so if you are just, if you're eating really close to bed, that's a huge thing that can disrupt your sleep. It can disrupt your circadian rhythm because our body needs a break from digestion before we go to bed. And some people can really be sensitive to this. And some people are like, yeah, I don't like eating close to bed. They, they feel it. So they're mindful of it, but other people can maybe get away with it. And I think back to when I was doing more of like, if it fits your macros, I was having five to six small meals a day. I was always bloated. I was always eating a bedtime snack, you know, probably like a protein mug cake or something at like eight, eight thirty. But then again, it was one of those things where I was always thinking about food. I was always constantly thinking of snacking. I always was snacking. I was, even if I, I was hitting my protein goal every day, in my sleep, I wouldn't say was necessarily disrupted, but I was screwing it up in the sense that I was eating really close to bed on the weekends. You know, we might sleep in an extra two hours. Um, I, it, it just is interesting to kind of look back at that. I didn't have like the weight loss resistance or anything like that, but I definitely would suspect that there was some insulin dysregulation there as well because I had hormonal acne on my chin and jawline. 
um, especially when I was kind of coming off the pill, which I realize, especially now in practice, a lot of that is due to blood sugar dysregulation. So those two are very much so interconnected, but it is really important to see the correlation um, and especially highlight a hormone that isn't as is commonly talked about, and that's leptin. So circadian rhythm is very important. Mitochondrial health is very important. Mitochondrial health is you know, it's the mitochondria is the energy house or the powerhouse of your cell. We all learned that in elementary school. And a lot of people don't pay it any mind because we just kind of learned it as that in third, fourth, fifth grade, whatever. And we don't realize the cellular level that it's affecting us when we are struggling with energy, when we can't get up in the morning, when our body can't burn fat efficiently and we are kind of stuck in a weight loss plateau or weight loss resistance. Your mitochondria is one of the first places that you need to look. That was circadian rhythm, of course, because circadian rhythm is really controlling all of your other hormones. But mitochondria is very important because your mitochondria, our adrenal glands have tons of mitochondria. Every single cell in your body, every single organ has mitochondria. Um, and that's why it's incredibly important because that's what's when when you have good energy, that's a good sign that things are kind of turning around. Whereas think of these people who need to eat every two hours or they're they have these crazy cravings. A lot of times they struggle with energy at some point in the day. And I'm not talking about at night when it's nine o'clock at night and you're ready for bed and you're tired. That's of course normal. But if you're struggling with energy at any other point in the day, whether it's you are dragging, getting out of bed, you're really having that midday slump. It's some days it's a challenge, even making it through work or your daily task. That's all mitochondria. Mitochondria, thyroid health, they they very much so go hand in hand because your thyroid has a lot of mitochondria. So mitochondria can be stimulated from different forms of hormetic stress, especially when done appropriately. So I've talked extensively about hormetic stress on the podcast being um, exercise, sauna use, cold therapy, and cold therapy can just be a cold shower um, and exposing yourself to that, especially I talked about on the cold podcast just getting your body to shiver um, or just to get cold. Those little micro doses of hormetic stress are so good for your mitochondria. Getting out in the sunlight, one of the absolute best things you can do. So it's not a coincidence that when you go outside, maybe especially in the middle of the day to kind of break up your day, go for a little walk, get some sunshine, you are probably going to have a lot more energy than in the wintertime if you're not seeing the sun if you're or if you're inside all the time and you're just feeling constant low energy. I mean, there's a reason we feel energy from the sun and the mitochondria boost is, is, a, is a big reason that we get that, which is awesome. So sunlight um, and especially that red light that we get either from the morning sunrise or the sunset that that kind of golden hour, that reddish tone, that is particularly good to mitochondria. And ideally you, you want to be exposing as much of your skin to it as possible. So even just exposing your eyes and your face is great, but in the summertime or when it gets warmer, the more of our skin that we can expose, the more mitochondria in different parts of our body are going to be supported. I love red light therapy for that reason. I do it every morning to kind of my face and my neck. That's kind of a great way I've been able to hack that mitochondrial health and circadian rhythm health, especially in the winter time, that's been really helpful for me because the sun, you know, the days are just longer. You don't get as much of the sun. We were lucky if we saw it every few weeks. Now it's, it's becoming a little bit better. And I feel like I can notice it in my energy. I notice it in my patient's energy, just, just the difference between being able to see the sun versus not for mitochondrial health is, is really, really important. Um, mitochondrial health, also um, is very, very uh, really reliant on uh, environmental toxins. 
and various forms of excessive stress, uh, inadequate nutrition, etc. And because it is very important to note that any hormonal imbalance is not due to the fact that your body doesn't want to produce that hormone. Hormones, like I mentioned earlier, are communication pathways. It's how your body communicates with each other. So in our world and in kind of this Western society, we are like, oh, you know, it, it just, just more progesterone, just more estrogen instead of like, why isn't the body communicating properly? Why isn't, why isn't it feeling safe? That's honestly one of the biggest things that needs to be considered here is the body feeling safe because with leptin resistance, it is, it essentially is your body's way of saying, Hey, there's not a proper communication here between stored energy and what our body's trying to kind of burn. And a lot of this really does boil down to stress. So we have to, that's why circadian rhythm is a huge part of that. Cause if circadian rhythm is off, that's going to be a negative cascade to everything else. So looking at things that a lot of people do, a lot of people eat kind of too close to bed. They have poor sleep cycles. They're not getting in enough protein, um, which that's inadequate nutrition. And a lot of people th- kind of to bounce off of that are missing a lot of really key nutrients, vitamins, and minerals because we live in a more stressed life or our food quality just unfortunately isn't what it used to be. And if you're not adamant about, you know, getting fresh seasonal things or supplementing or getting in high quality organs, a lot of people do really intense activity in the morning, um, followed by coffee after they've slept bad. And then they're on a computer all day and we add like the artificial light the coffee on an empty stomach, then they're eating too close to bed. It just, it it ends up being a complete perfect storm and it, and it makes total sense. Um, so again, to just kind of recap the signs of leptin resistance, we'll talk about some of the causes and then kind of finish off with steps to reversing. So again, signs, you're having some weight loss resistance. Um, you are having a hard time losing, and this can also go to people who are hard gainers as well. So I see this a lot more with men, but some women too, especially like who they just are, have a really hard time gaining muscle. Um, if they're, and and if they want to gain muscle and gain some weight, it can go both ways, but more often than not, I definitely see it as people who are having weight loss resistance especially if you are doing caloric restriction and that's not working for you. This has to be something that you look at. If you are having a really hard time getting to sleep or staying to sleep, um, you are, you're feeling stressed, you're constantly hungry after your meals, lot different food cravings and kind of that unrelenting satiety or unrelenting cravings. You have other hormonal imbalances. Maybe your cycles are regular. Maybe your thyroid's off. Maybe you have acne. Maybe you have hair thinning um, because cortisol problems are a huge part of that as well. So the causes, we talked a large amount about circadian rhythm disruption. Stress is a huge part of that because stress is going to throw off circadian rhythm as well. Um, Eating obviously processed foods or eating foods that maybe aren't seasonally appropriate or Um, eating imbalanced meals, um, people who are eating too often or too close to bed. If you're getting too much artificial sun or artificial light versus natural sunlight, artificial light is a constant screw up to our circadian rhythm. So 
I obviously understand that sometimes we're in a work environment that has it, but as much as you can control it in your home environment or even in your work environment, if you can, if you have an overhead light, but you can get a lamp or a salt lamp or something like that. In my office, I have these really harsh LED kind of overhead lights that I got some, um, I don't know what you'd call it. Kind of, I put like a cloth covering over it so you can still kind of see the light that's coming through but it's so much dimmer and then I have mostly um, pink salt lamps and lamps light light lighting and then I rely on a lot of daylight also coming through the office and then at home I am never using overhead lighting ever everything that we do at nighttime is either red light so I got red light bulbs to go in our bedroom we're using lamps very minimal lighting at nighttime and I wear blue light blockers so the really dark red lenses because artificial light is insanely just it's com- it because it's messing with your circadian rhythm it's messing with your hormones because your hormones are communicating messengers right that if you're constantly stimulated to this artificial light it's communicating to it's daytime it's daytime it's daytime produce cortisol 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 and we wonder why we have circadian rhythm disruption We talked about lack of protein. That's a huge thing with leptin resistance. So last week's episode very much so does apply to this. Um, It's very important, especially if that resonated with you and you know that that's something you need to work on. Skipping breakfast, over fasting. Um, If you're going to, especially, I don't know why skipping breakfast became the thing. Whereas if you're going to do anything, just stop eating earlier in the day. That's so much more circadian rhythm appropriate. Like usually we're done with dinner by six o'clock most days. Some days in the summer, we're eating at 4.30. We'll, we'll maybe go golf a few holes, go walk with Tala. Um, I am so much better when I eat earlier, especially in the winter time when it's dark earlier because your digestion is very much so linked to your circadian rhythm. So when it's dark, your body's not gonna digest as well. So in the summer, we can get away with eating you know, seven something o'clock, but if you're going to bed at nine, again, that's something you wanna think about being done with eating to at least two hours before you want to go to bed. And then obviously toxin exposure can play with leptin resistance. I see a lot of people when we support detox pathways, when we're healing from mold or parasite exposure or um, sluggish detoxification pathways, their leptin resistance does improve. So because toxic exposure is a stressor on the body and anytime there's a stressor in form in terms of toxic exposure or what, what be it, you know, that's putting a damper on the chemical messengers of your body, right? So it all, it all makes sense. And it doesn't have to be one specific thing. It totally can be a a mix of all of the above. So we talked about the circadian rhythm, getting as much outside light as you can, really minimizing the artificial light in your home. And if you are going to use lighting in your home, using lamps and soft lighting instead of harsh overhead lighting, reducing stress as much as you can, trying to obviously, you know, eat high quality protein, eat in season, shop from local farmers, try to stop eating, you know, two-ish hours before you want to go to bed, Um, going outside. I'm always talking to patients about this. Hey, can you, you know, during your 30 to 60 minute lunch break, can you eat lunch and then go outside and just see the sun or take a lap around the block or just go outside and be outside because it is crazy the difference in productivity and circadian rhythm boost that you'll have because the more sunlight you get during the day, the better that sets you up for your circadian rhythm at nighttime. Do not skip breakfast. And if anything, if you want to just stop eating earlier in the day, that's so much more beneficial, but you want to make sure you're getting enough, especially enough fuel because especially protein, because if you skip breakfast, it's that much harder to eat that much more protein. So that it's just to be mindful of that. Um, 
try work on eating less often, less snacking and more nutrient dense meals. So I kind of break down, I was looking at my meals the other day, just cause I was curious. And because I eat around 2000 calories, my meals are sometimes anywhere around 600 to 800 calories, depending on the meal. So, I mean, it is very doable to work up to that. And then I just, I, I'm, I'm working so hard digesting in between my meals that I can't even think about eating something. So it is very doable for people who are eating maintenance calories, who are active and eating into the 2000s. It's, it's very doable to do that. Um, it, it doesn't, I didn't get there overnight by any means. It's something I for sure had to work up to. So don't feel like you need to do that right away. But and then working in various forms of different hormetic stress in your life, how you see fit, you know, doing sauna two to three days a week, working in cold showers. Um, if you can, if you're not getting out in the sun, maybe getting some type of red light therapy, all of those are going to be very beneficial. And it does, it's not going to be an overnight fix by any means, but because you, it's all about making your body feel safe, making your body feel supported, making everything because that's, that's when that is in play, you're, the rest of your hormones are going to come into balance, whatever it is, whether it's insulin, leptin, estrogen, progesterone, whatever it is, but the, that you have, it's a communication thing. So you have to make sure your body feels safe and supported and supporting all of these kind of really large elephants in the room, digestion, toxic exposure, circadian rhythm, and everything like that, nutrient, nutrient intake, et cetera. So I hope this was helpful. I thank you so much for being here and I will see you next week.